Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray. The last time I did a solo podcast like this, not an interview with somebody else, I started a little two-part series on the two different kinds of love. And I gave full credit to my friend Malcolm Smith, whose uh, teaching has really helped me understand this and and inspired my teaching and applying this myself. And so I want to pick up where I left off a week ago. We talked about two different kinds of love, more than that, but two primary kinds of love that the Greek had words for in Bible times and New Testament times. Today, unfortunately, in English, we we have the word love, and it means a whole bunch of different kinds of things. Brotherly love, friendship love, I love ice cream, I love this movie, I love the Kansas City Royals, I love my wife, I you know, this kind of thing. The Greeks had several different words, one for each kind of those things. They had a word called eros, E-R-O-S, that we get our word erotic from, and it was a contractual word. Eros love meant a person, and it was a male-dominated society. Women didn't have any rights then. So it basically was with men uh, and women, you do something I like or you bring something to the table, money, status, your folks are wealthy or whatever, that kind of thing, you're attractive, and I will love you, eros love, and I'll keep you and I'll provide for you and I'll take care of you. Until you get old or don't do what I want you to do or I'm attracted to somebody else or whatever, then the deal's over, the contract's ended. Now, that's what people thought God was like. That's what people thought God was like in all religions. And that was the concept everybody had until Jesus came and said, no, I'm going to show you what the only true God, which is what he called his father, I'm going to show you what the only true God is like. And he's totally different than any concept you have of God. And the word that had never been used in Scripture before or hardly anywhere else, Jesus started using the term agape. He didn't use it because he spoke Aramaic. But the people who wrote about him, who wrote the New Testament, uh, some of them wrote in Aramaic, some in Greek, people who used the Greek, they used the word agape. And he used it intentionally all throughout the New Testament to make sure that the reader then knew that they were not talking about a God whose love was fickle that they were talking about a God whose love had no conditions and never ended and never failed. So the first people who read the scriptures that were written about Jesus in the years immediately after he did his finished work, they knew exactly what that word meant. They knew that any time they read letters from Paul or John or Peter or James or anybody else and talked about God's love, they knew it meant agape, unconditional, never failing, never ending, one-way love. Now, as that's been translated in other languages and got down to English where we only have one word for love, people 
today in religion don't have that concept. Unfortunately, most people have, at best, a mixed message. Well, God's love, yeah, it's different than human love, but it's also contractual. It also has limits. There's no but. (laughs) It's agape love, period. That's why I'm so excited about this, because once we know this, then we're able to see, oh, God is like this. God is agape love, not any other kind of love. All other religions today, including the Christian religion, all other religions still believe that God is an eros kind of loving God, is fickle, has to be appeased, can turn on you, or else. Now, the Apostle Paul, he was confronted with that big time, and he called that another gospel, another Jesus. Especially, he called the Judaizers, Jews, who said, well, yeah, Jesus is good. Jesus is good. Uh, Yeah, all of that kind of stuff. But God will also get you if you don't do this or that. Paul says, no, no. He, He says, that's another gospel. That's a perverted gospel. That's another Jesus. That's not Jesus or gospel at all. And Paul called the rewards that you would get from following that the Greek word he used was skubala, S-K-U-B-A-L-A, which meant, at the time, it meant animal poop. The King James translated it dung, D-U-N-G, which is correct. Some translations today have either not even translated that or have used a, some kind of word that doesn't mean that at all. That's the original S word, if you will, and it's in Scripture. And Paul says, believing that God is contractual and trying to do things to get right with him and stay right with him is scubala. It's scubala. Now, my friend Paul Young, who wrote The Shack and many other good books, who has great insight on that, he says that what he learned in religion— and what most people have learned, in, especially in the Christian religion, is a P-O-S-T, piece of scubala theology. And he explains it this way. You go to church, they tell you, the theology is, you're a worm. You're totally depraved. You're no good. You are a piece of scubala. God can't stand you. God can't stand to be around you. God can't even look at you, so he has to cover you in Jesus' blood. He can't stand to see or smell you because you're a piece of scubala. But if you do what we say, then you can magically trip God's trigger, and he will tolerate you enough to include you in his good graces unless you screw up again. A P-O-S-T theology. Well, Paul and John in particular, in writing the New Testament, confronted that P-O-S-T in all their writings, especially in 1 Corinthians 13 and Ephesians 3 and 1 John and all throughout the 18 books of the New Testament that Paul and John wrote. Jesus explained agape best himself, and Luke recorded this in the Gospel of Luke in chapter 15. Jesus showed exactly what agape love is in the story of the prodigal son. And he also demonstrated it with the woman at the well, the woman that caught in adultery, all kinds of other things. The whole New Testament focused on pure agape. I mean, that's redundant. Agape is pure love intentionally 
Again, my friend Malcolm Smith says that absolute darkness, in his opinion, is combining eros and agape to create a false, bipolar, two-faced eros god that he loves me or not, he loves me. He loves me not, he loves me. He likes me now, he doesn't like me now. I did something good, he likes me. I did something bad, he hates me. That's blasphemy. It's horrific. And people who really think about that and who are good-hearted people who want to be good and want to please God, well, it causes depression. It causes schizophrenia. There's nothing good that comes from that. Now, I want to read a few verses from Ephesians chapter 3, which I've been teaching on. Again, the word Paul uses here that's translated in English as love is agape. Anytime in what I'm going to read to you now, anytime in the New Testament when it's talked about God's love, it's agape. And I'll just take you through this. I gave you the contrast of eros and agape last week and in, in recapping that. So as we discuss this great passage, you're going to be absolutely clear on what Paul is talking about here. And I hope this will be a springboard for you to be absolutely clear when you read Scripture from now on what the word love means when it's associated with God. Here's the Passion Translation, of a, starting in Ephesians 3.14. Paul says, I kneel humbly in awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the perfect Father of every child in heaven and on earth, and I pray that he would unveil within you, not to you, he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Now, you can't learn agape from listening to me or any other teacher. You can't learn agape from reading a textbook or from going to seminary. Christ in you has to unveil to you what agape, unconditional, one-way love is. It can only be revealed by God to us personally, individually. That's the only way we can grasp it. Then he goes on to say here in Ephesians 3, then by constantly using your faith, the faith of Christ, the life of Christ will be released deep inside of you, and the resting place of his love, his agape, will become the very source and root of your life. When you know that God is agape love, no conditions, never fails, never ends, and you know that's for you, and that is deep inside of you, and you really get that, you're aware of it, that becomes the very source and the root of your entire life. That agape is then released deep inside of you. Paul goes on to say, then, here's what brings about life change. Then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love, agape, of Christ in all its dimensions, how deeply intimate 
and far-reaching is agape, how enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends human understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God, which is agape. Other versions say agape, God's love, is higher, deeper, longer, and wider than the human mind can understand. I'm going to read that again because when we understand it's talking about agape, and that's God, and that's how God feels about you, then you'll be empowered to discover the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions, how deeply intimate and far-reaching is agape, how enduring and inclusive it is, endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you're filled to overflowing with the fullness of God, agape. Oh, man. It transcends human understanding, and it is totally opposite from eros, another word that we translate for love. It's not contractual. It's one way. It's a covenant that God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit made between themselves that they would always keep and we would be the beneficiary. Goes on, verse 20 of Ephesians 3. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. Accomplish what? Accomplish your knowing and experiencing and living agape, living loved, knowing you are loved unconditionally, period. No conditions, no time limit, no nothing. nothing. It, it never ends. It never fails. He goes on to say, God will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Then Paul says, now we offer up to God all the glorious praise. It's like he just burst out into praise, which I'm doing too, because of understanding this. Now we offer up to God all the glorious praise that rises from every church and every generation through Jesus Christ and all that will yet be manifest through time and eternity. And he says, amen. All right, we can't learn this intellectually. So how do we get it? How do we know what it is? How do we experience it? Well, I'm going to use the same passage, not all of it, but I'm going to use the mirror translation, verse 14. Paul says here, translated by Francois de Toit, Overwhelmed by what grace communicates, I bow my knees in awe before the Father. Overwhelmed by what grace communicates. You should know by now that I call the Holy Spirit grace. Overwhelmed by what grace communicates. A doctrine, a statement of faith or something like that, can't communicate anything. It's impersonal. Only a living being can communicate something to you. The Holy Spirit, grace in you, the Spirit of Christ in you. The Holy Spirit is called the great communicator. He says, overwhelmed by what grace communicates, 
the Holy Spirit in you, grace communicates to you and reveals who Jesus is, who Papa is, and what does grace communicate? Only good things. Agape, unconditional, one-way love that never fails and never ends. And all the experiences of that, all the fruit of that. Paul wrote this to the church in Corinth, 1 Corinthians 2.12. He said, we didn't receive the spirit of this world system, which is eros, but we received the spirit of God, agape, so that we might come to understand and experience all that grace, God's love in action, has lavished upon us. And we articulate these realities with the words imparted to us by the Spirit, by grace, and not with the words taught by human wisdom or by eros understanding. Human wisdom is eros wisdom. And it's not, it's not wisdom at all. It's believing lies. He says, we join together Spirit-revealed truths with Spirit-revealed words. Agape, God is love. He said, somebody living on an entirely human level is going to reject the revelation of God's Spirit, for they make no sense to them. They only know eros. They're convinced that God is a contractual God, that His love has conditions. They can't understand the revelations of the Spirit because they are only discovered, Paul says, by the illumination of the Spirit. Those who live in the Spirit are able to carefully evaluate all things, and they are subject to the scrutiny of no one but God. So this is what Paul is saying we should do, and I agree. Carefully evaluate Scripture when you read it, teaching when you hear it. Carefully evaluate. When you hear the word love and God, carefully evaluate that and get rid of anything that might come from your past or from anybody that's trying to convince you that God's love has any part of a contract or a transaction to it Reject anything that's other than God's love is perfect with no conditions, no transactions. It never ends, and it never fails. See, grace communicates all of that. Grace never communicates condemnation, never shame, never you haven't done enough. You better watch out. you got to shape up. No, never. Grace always communicates what God has already lavished on us. We've already lavishly been given every spiritual gift there is. So now that you know this, live like it. Live like a spiritual gazillionaire, not as a depraved P-O-S-T pauper. Oh, man, folks, I just learn every day that God is way better than I thought. It's not that he is better than I thought. I'm just learning more and more. The last verse I want to give you here in Ephesians 3.17, Paul says, when you understand this, this will ignite your faith to fully grasp the reality of the indwelling Christ. You are rooted and founded in love, agape. Agape love is your invisible inner source, just like the root system of a tree and the foundation of a building. The dimensions of your inner person exceed any other capacity that could possibly define you. God's love is higher and longer and wider and deeper than any person can ever comprehend. So, here's what I hope you take away from today. Agape is heaven. Heaven is agape. 
right here and right now. There is no fear with agape. There's no fear with God. Agape takes away all fear because fear has to do with punishment and torment, and agape has nothing to do with that. Accept agape and reject the concept of God as anything like Eros. Be an atheist to the God of Eros. And then when Jesus says, love God and love yourself with all your heart, mind, soul, then we use that unbelievable power of God, that love in us, to love ourselves and to love others. And we know the difference then between contractual love and God's kind of love. That difference, oh man, I don't have words for how good it is. That's what will change the world. That's what it will be like, what it is like in heaven right now. Hey, thank you all again for being with me. I appreciate it so much. Look forward to visiting with you next time on Grace to All with Paul Gray. See you then. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.